Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Last week was episode two in our four-part quick base mini-series and I was joined by Alex Pedersen to explore the solar industry on the show called Control. We talked all about the increasing importance of generating renewable energy sources, the challenges of ensuring efficiency and connectivity whilst meeting high demand the power of low-code development in complex industries, and exactly how QuickBase can centralize scattered workflows to help scale your operations quickly, safely, and securely. QuickBase helps customers see, connect, and control complex projects that reshape our world. Whether it's raising a skyscraper or coordinating vaccine rollouts, the no-code software platform allows business users to custom fit solutions to the way they work, using information from across the systems they already have. So today in episode three, Connect, we'll be discussing the complex world of construction, the challenges of keeping projects on time and budget amidst supply chain and labor disruption, the importance of building stakeholder trust, and exactly how QuickBase can equip your team with real-time information to streamline processes, ensure compliance, and improve communication. So welcome to the show, Jacob. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. This is a really big topic because I have come up with so many stories about the construction industry with all the supply chain disruptions. And we talked about solar last week. And again, we're getting into construction this week. It's just another industry that we haven't talked too much about on the show. But it's another one that's absolutely fascinating. And if we think supply chain is crazy, construction has to be right up there with it when it comes to challenges and risk. I'm really excited to find out more. So we are just going to dive in. Let's kick things off by getting into your background a little bit, because I know you have a lot of experience in the industry. In fact, I think you previously worked at a construction company. So tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. I, I actually started um, in construction when I was like a kid, um, wow. like really, really young, <laughs> um, just working, you know, with my with my father in, in the field. And um, yeah, so so uh, residential and, and commercial, light commercial and that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, after college, I got into I um, into a position just called a project engineer that that uh, on some heavy civil and highway projects. Um, then got into wastewater and water treatment um, production, and then went into um, high tech, so semiconductor fabs, um, and uh, for Intel. Uh, uh, working on some of the largest projects in the world. So that was pretty cool. Um, I spent, I spent, I think, um, you know, about 15 years in the industry. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Those are fascinating industries, especially right now, yeah. right? The semiconductor industry um, and wastewater, because actually I was just hearing about wastewater and the pandemic the other yeah. day, which I didn't even know was a thing <laughs> until crazy. now. And I'm yeah. only hearing it like two years later. So that's absolutely fascinating. But during that time, that's actually how you discovered QuickBase, right? I mean, I think right. you were a customer. We had Alex on the show last week and he had a very similar story. Um, what is it you love so much about QuickBase that it made you actually want to join them and then combine your industry experience with their technology to really help others? Because I think it's just fascinating that you and Alex kind of did the exact same thing. You were customers, you believed in it so much that you transitioned over. So I'd love to hear your story about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was, I, I never planned it. I mean, I spent my, I thought I would be a, a career, you know, construction uh, manager. And, um, and, you know, with doing with with that job comes a lot of software, you have to, you have to, you have to be involved in, in, in software, whether you like it or not. And right. I think a lot of folks don't, I think a lot of folks don't like it. They said, you know, I, I, I got into construction because I want to build. I don't, I want to be out in the field and I don't want right. to sit at a computer, you know, but, um, but, you know, I, I did have sort of one foot in the software um, side of it and got to know the systems and I found them to be um, cumbersome and brittle and, and kind of awful. Um, and of course I was, you know, um, just looking for solutions, looking for something that, that would, that would make that better. It seemed like to me at the time, it was something like, I think 2012. Um, and, uh, I thought there's going to be a better way to do this. Um, but with all the technology out there, you know, how are we still working on systems that were developed in like the seventies? Right. And so, um, so I think that's where, and then that's where I found QuickBase. Um, I inherited an access database that I had to kind of figure out and, um, and I, I thought, no, there has to be some other way. And uh, it took some convincing to, to folks around me, my leadership and that sort of thing. But um, eventually um, fell in love with it, like just really used it for everything. It turned in, you know, what we wanted to use it for was just tracking some um, pipe. It was literally called um, pipe track. We were tracking, right. um, <laughs> you know, half inch pipe that were high purity uh, for gases and that sort of thing in the semiconductor facility, all the way up to 60 inch um massive steel pipe that has to be shipped from across the world. So um, all that pipe has to be tracked. And so we had this old access database that I um, ended up hating and then um, saying, we got it, we got to fix this. Uh, and so found QuickBase. Um, and then, and then it went from tracking pipe to doing all sorts of things. Then you, you then you, you know, find other places where, man, we can make a lot better because, because of the fact that we can do this ourselves. Um, we, there's, there's plenty of opportunity. So, right. Tell me a little bit about some of those other opportunities. So you went from tracking pipe to then what with the QuickBase system? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of and and a lot of what you know we may talk about later too is that um, difficulties in the supply chain come down to difficulties in communication. And yes. so when you want to track pipe, what you're really wanting to do is track um, the information that and the communication between the, the parties involved. And the more hands in in the in the pot the more that it, it gets confusing and so tracking things like pipe but really you know you zoom out a little bit it's just it's just about trying to control the flow of information um Absolutely. and yeah so rfis and submittals um you know and, and used to use working with just paper only that can be okay but when you when you need kind of a, a roll-up of all of that or you need um you know, to find out where things are going and why why they're stuck in where in whatever they're at, um, you, you've got to you've got to come up with a solution that's usually for these larger projects custom every time. You're not going to find um, yeah. software out, off the shelf that does exactly what you need. Um, so yeah, so it, it was a, a a good find, and the actual pivot over to QuickBase again wasn't planned, but um, it it was uh, after using it for a couple of years, and then I actually moved over to an electric utility. I went from um, sort of that that construction uh, proper to an electric utility, who who are often a construction company themselves within a utility because they have to do so much work um, on their own facilities. So uh, I moved companies, and then and then I thought. I can, I can use QuickBase here too. And, um, 
you know, cause I've got this new tool in my tool belt. And, and, um, so we, we started using it there. Uh, and then, and then I think I spoke at a conference or something and met a, met a friend that said, Hey, you should come work for QuickBase. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a pivot. Um, yeah. but it was good. It was, it's been great. That's great. And I think when you said 2012, you kind of started questioning things. I think that's the time when everybody started questioning everything. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, and I love the fact that QuickBase was able to follow you into different projects, into different companies, and really provide a solution every time that that happened. I mean, that is something that is kind of gold, right? Yeah. And like you said, you know, having an opportunity to really pivot and flex is a huge component of technology and software, especially when you're talking about supply chain, because supply chain is changing. I mean, it's sort of changed on its head over the last couple of years, and you need some technology that can um, keep up with that, right? That's right. So That's before exactly we right. dive into the solutions that you're bringing to your customers, let's talk about their challenges. Construction is another industry that was hit really hard by the pandemic. We saw materials in short supply, so the cost of those materials are rising, even still. And of course, there were the obvious safety concerns around social distancing for workers. So what are some of the common challenges looking like now that we've seen kind of the worst of the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, those challenges always existed. They always were there, but they kind of lurked, um, you know, maybe behind other challenges. So now the supply chain uh, challenges specifically, they're always an issue with long lead times, construction projects, uh, at least the, the larger ones, you'll have, you know, a, a handful of components that, that take, you know, six months to, to procure um, and, or, you know, even longer. And so um, those are always, we kind of always knew those existed. And so you get ahead of those really quickly. What I think changed in the last couple of years is that now, now it's not just those, it's almost everything that's, everything. that's at risk. It's all, everything you would want to buy is at risk. Um, things that you wouldn't even think about, you know, like toilet paper, right? So right. I, things that it just surprised the, the world. And so um, now, so the, the planning and procurement specialists that would get into a project way ahead of time, even during the design phase knew to, to target specific, you know, uh, components. Um, now <laughs> they, they have to target a lot more. And so I think, uh, that's a, that's a huge challenge because, um, you never really know which, which other component will come around the corner and go, Oh, we're short on that. Right. Or the, the cost has tripled. Um, yeah. and so, so they're, they're always, uh, it feels probably like they're always on their heels a little bit with that. Yeah, and it makes planning really, really difficult, yeah. right? And I think sometimes also in construction, your customers don't necessarily realize what's going on in the back end and what's happening with supply chain that is going to affect and cause that sort of ripple effect that we've kind of seen. You know, like I was talking on my live show, I think about six months ago, there was a story about sawdust and milk. So I didn't realize this, but in order to keep the cows comfortable for them to produce the milk, they need sawdust. Oh, wow. And so sawdust was in short supply and they started charging more for sawdust. And so that's why the cost of milk was going up, even before all of this discussions around inflation and things like that. So there's several different components, even within the construction in industry, that... Um, 
reflect onto other industries and what we as consumers are getting on the shelves in respect to like milk. Right. And so it's really crazy how intertwined everything really is. And so the challenges that you're having in construction are really leaking and going into different aspects of, you know, food and things that we wouldn't even really think about. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's making us all a little bit more painfully aware of how this all works, um, yep. whether we like it or not. <laughs> um, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. So from your experience, what do you think could help you better predict some of those project delays, reduce some of those supply chain costs, the fines? Maybe you want to define what some of the fines could be as well, because I never really thought about fines or compliance violations and the impact that they have and how big that really is. Yeah, there there are delay um, delay. Uh, charges that that a project can incur that are daily um, after you know the project end date was agreed to um, sometimes years in advance, especially for the larger projects, right? So we're we're we have to be done October thirty first um, with right. this project, and every day after that, you're going to incur those fees or fines. Um, and so the you know the project teams together work work on trying to you know make sure that doesn't happen. But um, with supply chain issues, there's there's a, not a lot you can do and. And then, of course, yeah. it becomes a legal thing where you where you try to, to to put enough language in the contracts to handle all of that. But again, that um, that is really tough to predict. It's tough to get everybody to agree. Yeah, if there's supply chain issues, um, I can't I can't you know perform to that date. And then the owner would say, "Well, I, I need you to. I, I don't you know I, I have another contractor over here that can that say they can." And so it, it's a tough it's it's a com- very competitive environment. Um, to try to construct these these massive projects, engineer and design them in the first place um, with the right sort of constructability and um, and uh, you know those supply chain bottlenecks in mind, because um, a lot of times they're looking out two three years. Um, we, you know, here's we're going to design this project and start building next year, and then it will be finished two years after that. Well, right. how can you predict what the supply chain? you know, issues will be then. So that's why contractors are at risk. I mean, they're, they, they are, it's a risky business because they've, they're putting their necks out on the line for some of these projects. And um, yeah, I mean, to get to being able to better predict it. Um, I, I think that uh, the, the planners, the people that do this work that get ahead of, of some of the procurement actions that they have to take um, they need better tools. This is kind of where, you know, where quick yeah. can come in. Um, they, they have, they ha- a lot of times you'll find them just kind of tracking things in spreadsheets. When it comes down to it, they've got their major systems, but um, the only other thing they have are spreadsheets. And so there's kind of nothing in the middle to, to give that robust um, connection. I think I just heard the whole audience go, no, to Excel <laughs> and planning in Excel. I think yeah. I just heard that. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to those fines, they can be pretty big fines, right? I think we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars a day. Per day. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, you try to and, – and not even to mention the, the, the dollars. I mean, um, you don't want to, to be the contractor that caused um, Intel to not to not release their their – you know, their fab that they hit the presses with a long time ago. So you, you don't want to be <laughs> anywhere near that, that headline. So, 
Um, yeah. 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 And I think another really important aspect that you just mentioned are contracts. I think if you're not looking at your contracts right now very thoroughly, um, in the fact that maybe they haven't changed since before the pandemic and you really, really need to take a look at them right now because the language and everything that it covered pre-pandemic yeah needs to be changed. And so that comes into contracts, negotiation, that's on the logistics side, you know, that's on the construction side. There's so many aspects to the contracts that you deal with uh, on a day-to-day basis that I would implore everybody to take a closer look at. And then by saying that, let's take a a closer look then at QuickBase's construction management software. What can it do and how does it help address some of the challenges that we've been talking about? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I accidentally led into it just there. So, um, what, you know, the difference between um, sort of your your what we call tier one systems, your um, your ERP, your financial systems, those especially for the larger firms, those are those are those stay put. You know, they they're they are what they are, and um, you kind of have to deal with them as they as they are. Um, and then, and then, like I said, in the field, um, in the in the job site trailers where you've got engineers and project managers and whatnot trying to wrangle all of this together um you've got really no other tools you've got you've got those those core systems and then like i said excel it's kind of like um and and i i actually watched um several really smart project engineers learn v uh visual basic so that they could create macros um in in inside of excel so they're like trying to build software because of the fact that there was literally just no other option. Um, so people that didn't plan on getting into software um, were learning code in order to wrangle access databases and Excel sheets. And and it just, it, that's that's the gap that sort of exists today. And I think still exists in many cases. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we come in sort of in that middle and we, we try to bridge and fill that gap and say that you should be using Excel for certain things for sure. Um, but but at, at any point where it starts to become that's there's a workflow involved, there's rules involved that you want to it, people to adhere to and you don't want everybody to have access to it or you want them to only have access to certain rows. Right. Th- it becomes more complicated and you can probably do some of it with, with Excel. And I've seen some Excel sheets that are people are trying to build whole entire platforms on Excel and it's wow. just the wrong it's the wrong thing to do. But but you can tell there's a desperation for for something for just to, to go, you know, fill that, that gap. And um, so we, we do everything in that middle. There's, it has to be sort of a flexible middle because um, what the field needs changes um, from project to project many times, um, you know, because the difference between have a, having a crew of 15 and a crew of 1500 um, is, is so, so different that that software or whatever yeah. workflow that you have to deal with, it has to flex. So we, we provide a platform. We apply to provide a platform that just bridges whatever gap, whatever the size and shape gap that exists between those two systems. We'll call it sort of tier one and tier three. Kind of fit in that tier two right in the middle. Well, and you're allowing them to go back to what they're good at and what yes. they're getting paid to do. I mean, That's... at the end of the day, you know, you're taking so much time away by trying to, you know, create those macros and sort of develop your own software and learn code and things like that. You're taking them away from what they do best. And that's what we want a technology 
um, company or a technology to help with, software to help with, um, is to really get people back into what they should be doing in the first place and not going off in different um, aspects and making it really easy so that they don't have to learn. And that's what I've learned over this uh, mini series is that QuickBase's software, whether it's for construction or solar or, or anything, is really, really easy to use. So what kind of customers are you working with? Is there a typical customer for you? Like what size do I have to be? What does that look like? Uh, I, so yeah, that's a good question. It's really not, um, there isn't really a typical, we, we've been around for a, a long time. So we have, you know, owner operators that have 10 employees and okay. we work with half of the fortune 100. So we have a huge, um, range of, of customers that, that need that flexible middle, uh, we, you know, software built by the business we'll say. Um, okay. yeah, so that, that, uh, in the construction, you know, industry, we we see everything from uh, the the subcontractors that are, you know, and that's that's where I started was a we were a subcontractor, a mechanical subcontractor. Um, uh, we were, you know, three hundred employees. I think that they're maybe a thousand now, and they still use QuickBase after all these years, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a, I would say that's typical. Um, and and some of the larger. Um, what ended up happening there actually is that uh, the because, like I said earlier, these these uh, this industry is competitive. It's also competitive in a way that's sort of um, sort of uh, back and forth. They they will share as well. It's like, oh, I heard you're using this, and so even though I you know compete with you now, I want to I want to see where you're at. I want to see what you're doing, and so it right. kind of spread from mechanical firm to mechanical firm, even though they try to keep things, you know, under lock and key, it's like, what are you using? So that was kind of cool to see that it, it spreads around the job site, if you will. Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, word of mouth is a great way to get new business. And it just goes to show how important that system is to their business and how technology can really become a competitive advantage. So now we've talked about how the QuickBase system can sort of cover some of those gaps. But I'm sure and in some of the research that I did for this episode, there's a lot of documentation that goes in construction. I'm from the logistics industry, and there's a lot of documentation in logistics. And so I understand how, you know, getting the information from the documents, being connected, having good data, having communication can be really, um, you know, uh, something that can take you to the next level, right? And of course, in construction, you've got schedules, contracts, orders, you're pulling in suppliers, contractors, customers. I mean, it's so complex. There's so many people, but it's vital that the details are right, right? Because misinformation or incorrect data could lead to literally disaster. Yeah. So how does that decentralized work um, and how do you achieve the balance of that software being flexible, but also robust enough to house and manage such complex and sort of ever-changing data in secure and uh, manageable way? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. And, um, you know, I, I would say we've got sort of two angles at that. For, for one side of it, for IT, we'll say, for IT proper, we need to make sure that they know that their data is secure just like you said, um, but then it also is is governed well. So we give a, a number of features that allow um, um, what I would say the IT governance or, or policies to be adhered to from just a 
from from just an IT perspective that says, hey, I, I'm okay with you doing XYZ in in QuickBase, but really don't don't go outside of that because that's right. that's what should be you know over okay. here in the system. Or let's not duplicate it, you know, data as well. Um, that's one aspect, and we give, like I said, we have a, a ton of features that that allow sort of that that governance model to be to be um, adhered to. Whatever it is, it, it can be it can be different from each company, but um, usually there's a few controls that IT wants, and so we provide those. Um, and on the other side, the flexibility side, you know, the the business is is as long as they understand what those rules are, as long as they know what are the, what are the policies, what are the, what are the things that I can put in into QuickBase, um, then we make it we make it flexible on their side too to sort of manage and govern within the 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 patch of grass that they've been given essentially um so yeah we, we there's a handful of things that uh we, we have you know and in, in, in a data sense we're we're terribly secure um we we hit 100 percent on our security scorecard just recently we Amazing. we have yeah we have a we have a really secure platform and when people get nervous about you know, where their data goes, I always remind them of it's all going to Excel right now. And Excel, right. <laughs> you know, and email is, is going to be where you have your problems. And and so, yep. so um, if you're aiming for perfection, it's probably a good thing, but, but recognize where you are now. People are taking the, your system, the data out of your ERP, dumping it into Excel and then doing whatever they are with it and then sharing it with people. So that, yeah. <laughs> that's not secure um, or governed in any way. Um, but people just sort of overlook that, interestingly. So that is such a good point. And I haven't really ever really thought about that. I mean, at the end of the day, you're putting it into Excel, you're sharing it with people, and depending on how you're sharing it and how secure that is, it might not be secure at all because we all know that email is very hackable, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly so right. Um, obviously, you know, visibility, connectivity is key to efficiency and productivity um, in the construction industry, but really in any industry. But what I really like about the QuickBase approach is that you also talk about trust. Projects aren't just about documents and materials. They're really about people. I mean, supply chain is about people too. So why is it so important to to, to look towards genuine um, collaboration and build those long-term relationships. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's probably the best answer um, to you know, asking earlier how how I made a pivot in my career. We yeah. we we build builders. Um, so we ha- we find people that want to construct you know actual physical you know our, our built environment, and we find that they are stuck on a computer. And and you kind of mentioned. You know, got to get them back to doing what they were doing, um, yeah. and you know, not to mention that they're miserable doing you know the thing that they didn't plan on doing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we we I think that the relationship building there um, is is cool because we've got we've got people that want to have the solution. They don't they 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 end up being very thankful. Like I'm so thankful I found this because now I can kind of like you said I can go back to doing what I'm doing. We see. Um, an interesting number of I work with like brand new customers um, to get them started on on their first. Uh, my group, my team does, you know, the brand new customers get them started on their first application, and we often see in that first whatever it is, a few few weeks, few months, or a year um, promotions. We see people because if huh. we find those people that 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 want to build on QuickBase, they solve those things. They go. They make. They make waves at their company, and and they. So we end up making friends for life in those cases, right? Where it's like, yeah, we, yeah. I got promoted. Now, now, I I do this uh, and and that, and I was able to innovate here and and kind of show off what I was able to do because 
um, you know, before that, I was I was sort of the recipient of software. And then I right. turned into someone that could actually make these workflows. And uh, that surprised my boss. And then I was able to kind of get uh, promoted. So I, I it, that's one of the like best feelings in the world and one of the coolest parts of my job. I love that story, especially when you're taking a software solution and helping people to excel, not only personally, but also professionally as yeah. well. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sure you have so many more great customers, uh, customer stories. Can you share maybe one or two with us? What was the customer's challenge specifically? Which of the solutions were they working with? And what was that impact or ROI of that solution? I mean, obviously, to somebody's career career like we just talked about, but to the business itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's so many, there's so many <laughs> projects and applications um, in, in, my, in mind and in, in my past. Um, and uh, one comes to mind that where um, in our region, I'm, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and in our region through the winter, there's typically um, a fair bit of of trees falling into power lines, right? So okay. that happens a ton, and it knocks out power for neighborhoods. Um, and in some cases, um, if you if you knock out power in the right sort of uh, pattern, you can knock out a whole substation because the power kind of gets overloaded and it overloads the grid. And um, wow. <clears throat> so trees are a problem. Trees are trees are um, you know overgrowing into the lines, and then and then a branch. Um, and in some cases it's a squirrel or whatever it is, it's taking out like, um, um, the grid and you see it all the time. Every, every, you know, industry uh, deals with stuff like that, but this it, particularly in the Northwest, um, and they need to trim these trees. They need to get the, the trees away from, um, these lines. And it takes, it takes a lot of effort through the year to make sure you've gotten ahead of all of it before the storms hit. Um, and so there's a coordination with the subcontractors and with, um, the homeowners, because sometimes there's easements and that's on their side of the property, right? And so um, the coordination between, um, in this case, um, the public utility there, um, the subcontractor, the tree trimmer, and the homeowners is 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 tough because there's not really software that can handle that. Like each mm -hmm. company has their own. And so uh, QuickBase was able to kind of give um, a view of of. To, to the homeowners, to the subcontractors that are doing the work, and then to the utility of, of where where do we need to go next? And there's a whole there's a whole coordination there that needs to happen to to keep those lines up and running. So um, that's where, like I said, it's a it's a very custom shape that we kind of fit into, uh, where we can be customer facing, uh, or in this case the the resident facing, utility facing, and subcontractor facing with one application. So and and I'm sure they were able to be a little bit more proactive. Right. Yeah. Exactly. With with all of that, then you suddenly get a view of of what the most important things are. Um, it's a little bit more real time instead of sending. You know, instead of it going by email or in, in some cases, you'll have a call center that has to go call all of these people to figure out right. what's going on. And so, um, just better ways to do work. You know, more efficient, more efficient flow of information. Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing, right. <laughs> and exactly I love right. it. I love it. So if I'm listening to all of this, I'm in the audience, I'm listening, getting really excited at the thought of the impact on my business. How do I get started and what are the next steps? Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, there's a bunch of ways you could get started. Our, our, um, you can chat right from our website and just, just dive right in and someone will help you. We have a really low key way of, 
uh, bringing people along, just just hearing the the problem and saying, okay, let me go off and um, go design you something really really quickly, and then kind of show you exactly what nice. we think you're here you're saying. Um, yeah. So that can be a cool way to start is just to, just to allow someone to kind of design a little um, quick base app for you. Um, there's a we have a builder program that allows you to just for free go try out QuickBase. Um, huh. So you can go on and just, you know, for a limited, um, yeah, you could go build apps and we'd love to see what you build. Hmm. So, I love that. Yeah. Can you imagine going on there and just being like, okay, this is what I need to do. And especially if you're already trying to do that in Excel, right? You could go onto yes. the website, go onto the builder, yep. put in kind of what you're already working on and see what kind of the next evolution of that could look like, right. which I really, really love. So as we look to the future, the construction industry is only going to grow, right? So where do you see the most opportunity? Yeah, I think I think that the um, the planning, the, the planning and sourcing of materials is only going to get more difficult. I think the right. pandemic gave us kind of a window into um, how interconnected our world is. And um, you know, I think that that the big challenges there aren't over. I think the pandemic is lightening up on us, but I think now we're starting to see like what happened when that that ship blocked the Suez Canal. You know, yep. it literally affected all of us, <laughs> one mm-hmm. one boat. <laughs> and so I think I think for the construction industry, there's some eye opening a little bit on okay, so we. Um, the, the the amount of planning and the amount of efficiency that we need pre-project um, design phase um, actually has to go up. Um, and like I said, it's always kind of lurked. It's always been, that's always been true, but this yeah. just really ripped open the curtain and, and showed that, that that's a, it's a major risk for, for these projects. Yeah. And I um, highlighted an article a couple of weeks ago on my live show um, about an interior designer who was going to do some construction within their home. And what she actually did was she took a list of suppliers and um, figured out who had what in stock before she even started the project. Now that takes sort of planning to the micro level from a consumer perspective, right? But at the end of the day, there's a lot of learnings there because now we need to have access to more. We need to have access to more suppliers and multiple suppliers. And, um, you know, where are we going to get our raw materials? Where are we going to get our finished products? And what does that look like? What is the wait time? How can we plan around that? So I think planning pre-pandemic looks very different to planning post-pandemic. And just a few things to sort of think about. And if you have a software that can really elevate that for you, I mean, it's a game changer, right? Yeah, I, I think that the the cool one of the cool parts about this sort of you know design your own software in this sense is not just that you get to fit it to the workflow, but that um, the moment you do it, you can actually start to reach out and have other people from other companies and other entities coordinate with you in the same application. Nice. Um, th- that that I think is really where we we get the flow of information. Otherwise, it's bundle it up into an Excel, put it as an attachment, and email it over. But then now, yeah. what happens? And then what happens next? And, and it's kind of this really difficult. If we can get all together in the same in the same app, um, then we're all eyes together. You know, it's almost as if this it takes the virtual environment and puts us all on the same table and says, "Okay, so um, the ball's now in your court." Even though you're at a different company, and in many cases, like uh, we have to deal with the government, and we have we have municipalities, yeah. we have county, city, um, federal. They have 
terrible systems and um, they cannot access, you know, they, they can't provide the software that would ha- handle all of this, but they, but they can, in some cases, jump into, you know, a web application that, that just says, hey, can you just sign, the, sign off on this? And so it opens up the ability to communicate between um, entities that I think in the past have had really hard times communicating. Absolutely. I have somebody that I'm going to introduce you guys to after we finish this particular episode. So finally, what's your key takeaway from everything we've talked about today and the importance of connecting people, workflows and material when it comes to project success? Like, What do you think the audience should walk away thinking about from this conversation? I'd really love people to understand and and um, and get excited about at least trying out or considering no code, low code as a way to manage their work. Um, and so where where in my past it was open up a spreadsheet and that's how I'm going to manage because that's just what's easy and it's in the buttons right in front of me. Um, take a moment and and maybe try something else. Absolutely. Such great advice. And that was so interesting. I mean, when you look at a construction project, there are literally thousands of moving parts and agility, connectivity, that ability to have the right information and respond to it quickly and accurately is just so very vital. But if the processes are paper-based and laborious, there's no standardization or centralization. You just can't do that, right? And then you're exposed to risk, delays, fines, compliance violations, all of which have a huge impact on your bottom line. So to be able to address all of that with a solution like QuickBase that's flexible, less costly, and genuinely employee-inspired is an absolute game changer. If you want to find out more, you can check them out at quickbase.com. A massive thanks to Jacob for joining me today and to the team at QuickBase for making this episode happen. And we'll be back next week for the fourth and final episode of our mini series where Peter Rifkin began the series and he will be back again to round it out. This time, he'll be diving into the ins and outs of complex project management and explaining how you can level up information to leadership so you can make the best decisions for your operations. Jacob, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much again. Thanks, Sarah. Okay.